Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Spin Rack. I'm here with my boy, PD. Say what's up, PD. Hey, what's up? Today, we're remembering one of the greats in comics, George Perez. He has passed away. Um, I'm here with uh, PD to go over, you know, some of the highlights of his career and, you know, talk about someone who definitely impacted a lot of us. And just so what some of you who may not know, I mean, he um, was the guy who brought back the, or basically created the, the new Teen Titans, which was one of the top selling DC um, comics at the time. He was part of Infinity, the Infinity Gauntlet. He started penciling that when he was, um, he didn't complete it, but he, he started that. He was also part of um, Crisis on Infinite Earth, which helped to kick off a whole bunch of these um, limited issue series. So I just wanted to say, this is somebody who was hugely impactful. And of course, Wonder Woman, his War of the Gods run was like probably one of the best runs on Wonder Woman, if you ask me going forward. Um, so here, I'm gonna pass it over to uh, my boy, Petey. You know, just wanna also say, yo, he was a Boricua from the Bronx, the South Bronx. So just wanna big him up on that, you know, that, you know, having a Latino standing, being standing strong and being one of the top guys in the comic book industry, which was a very tough thing to break into. He was one of the guys who did that. So, hey, um, passing off to my boy, he, what's your take? I mean, it's a, I it was a, you know, it was a tough thing when he retired, but he, he I mean, um, he also did so much work, you had to respect it. And then at the same, just the losing his presence on the on the newsstand or the comic store, whichever way you want to say it. But then at the same time, his passing and knowing that it was going to happen doesn't make it it any easier that you know that he was terminally ill, and he um you know I mean didn't want to put himself through anymore because he'd been through many eye surgeries, many different health things before this. So he said his goodbyes to the fans as he went along and and his fellow pros. And, um, you know, he's a, a titan himself in the industry. I mean, I've gone over his history in the past. I mean, um, to be, you know, as many artists, as a young artist, you get sort of pushback saying that you're, you're not you're not ready by some of his peers and some of his his pros that he would work with later, like Marv Wolfman, Neil Adams, also very tough on him and still have the gumption to pick him up the next morning and say, I gotta, I gotta get into this business and found a way through being a, an assistant to Rick Buck, Rich, Rich Buckler. And um, from there, he got to slip into the, the Fantastic Four, one of the top Marvel titles, and then the Avengers from sheer enthusiasm, and then also the Inhumans. And um, from that point, his career, you know, his career, only got better and better. When you see his art in the late eight, late seventies, around nineteen eighty, you kind of look at the Justice League and the Avengers that he was doing in those covers. And you're like, well, this is the pinnacle. Like, as a as an artist, you can't get any better than this. He's really good. You might be able to see some sort of things where he can improve, but it's just like his figures, his attractive girls. Even though people um kind of tough on the fact that you're saying his like his women with Zoftig and stuff like that, like, you know, full figured, all full figured women. But then you see him show that he could do all sorts of forms, all, you know, getting better while he was on the Titans, adding a lot more stuff to his, um, his ability to draw group books. And of course, to do the solo character in Wonder Woman, which is a group guy showing that he can do 
you know, not having to fill a page with characters and come up with interesting ways to, you know, lay out a page with, you know, at least seven to seven to 10 characters a page, a panel, he was able to do Wonder Woman and show showcase a single character and, you know, be just as dynamic. You know, one of my favorite sequences in Wonder Woman is when um, Steve Trevor is trying to find the person who brought him back to um, Boston and he's tracking her and then he's got his gun out at night. And the next thing you know, she uses her lasso and pulls the gun and she has on like a like a mock neck sweater and jeans. And it's just like this, like this Wonder Woman is going to be good. Like this is going to be, it was already good, but then it's like having this sort of storytelling moment where she doesn't do the superhero thing where she has to stand in front of him and do the bracelet thing. He, she just takes the gun out of the person's hand well, well before that, you know, and she have, at this point she didn't, I don't think she was just learning how to understand English at the same time. So it was, uh, I mean, from that point, that would kind of look like the pinnacle of his career. But um, at the same time, because it's in the 90s, the early part was kind of a struggle because he's an old, he was an old school type of um, pro. He wasn't the guy who would come in and the closest thing to muscling in to a book was um, doing covers for Batman Year Three. And he also did the... Um, the what was it? There was like these um, the prints. They did prints for that series. They did these art prints, and the regular artist was like, "Oh, I wanted to do those covers in the prints," but ultimately, he never pushed someone off of a title saying, "It's mine." <laughs> that sort of thing. Whereas a lot of old pros, outside of um, you know some pros where you see have differences like Frank Miller and Roger McKenzie. You know, on the other side, obviously, Byrne left the X-Men. He didn't try to force his way onto it. It's that old school thinking of saying, are there any titles available that I could use? <laughs> Rather than say, like, the image guys would come and take the Avengers and that sort of thing. So that old school sort of mentality of saying, what's available? What, what do I want to do? You know, when he was looking around for something that was popular, he would he did try to do Superman for a little while and go back to the Titans. But when it wasn't sort of creatively there for him, he would leave. So, um, you know, um, ultimately, the, the only some side stuff in the 90s, even though it doesn't look like this outside of the Avengers that he did when he went back. Some mainstays for me, of course, was the Ultra Force, uh, Silver Surfer that he wrote. Uh, it's, I did already already did a a story on the the giant man story he wrote in the 90s and of course he got the avengers but it's still a tough market it's a tough market to and it's definitely in the 2000s a writer's sort of market so he'd done a couple of creator owned stuff but um yeah he has a body of work that is um you know you can look at and say this guy is a talent he's kept pretty much his style found ways to get better and um you know, always kept his enthusiasm with the fans. And since he already, you know, he was big on the, um, you know, meeting the cosplayers and that sort of thing. So, I mean, you, you, we, we went to cons that he was at and the lines just to get his stuff was just always tremendous. I got to say some of the other artists weren't there, but he always, especially, I think one of the last cons we saw where he, he was, um, was pretty, uh, he, he was saying this is going to be one of the last cons. The lines were just out the door. Um, but, you know, he was always generous when, with, with his time when he was there. He was always friendly. 
Um, but it, it, uh, amazing. But, you know, one of the key things about Jonas Browns is that how much he's impacted much of what we read, particularly in combo culture, even pop culture right now. You know, uh, just for example, wasn't he the one, I think Ta one of the comics that he wrote was one of the first comics Taskmaster was involved in. The influence of um, the, new teen, the, the new Teen Titans when he started that up. I mean, look, we have Teen Titans Go right now, still going on another variation based on some of the characters he's done when he did the Titans, the new Teen Titans and the Titans. Infinite Crisis, it kicked off so many other, I mean, yeah, we had this whole discussion about whether or not, you know, that was the main um, thing that kicked off other, but the success of that was just so huge. You know, uh, of course it had to be an answer by Marvel, you know, and he was involved in that, it was Infinity Gauntlet. So, um, at least initially. Uh, just some of the biggest things. I mean, Infinity Gauntlet is one of the biggest movies ever, not just one, ever, period. And it's coming from some of the some of the art and the drawings that he came through um, that he was involved in. I mean, he, he not only drew, I mean, he also wrote. And uh, we see this where he was helming, what, Wonder Woman? That splash page. Do you have that splash page of her, which is just so intricately detailed? You mean the cover? The cover, which is just so, yeah, which just so much going on and you're like even the cover of one of the infinity gauntlet uh, i think the first um issue there's just so so much with the worlds and everything happening you're like oh my goodness this guy is like you, you know I, what, what would you whose art would you consider his uh that he's taken from you think it's ditko um, mm, he's more he's a lot of he has a lot of kurt swan in his art he has some neil adams as far as how he kind of lays out some things but i think his sort of storytelling he really concentrated on having um, really solid storytelling. So even though he does a lot of panels and a lot of like sometimes poster kind of layouts and graphics, like you're like, obviously like the, what was it? The, the Infinity Gauntlet, we has the fists, but then the light from the fist makes different panels. Yeah, like yeah, storytelling yeah. wise, he's really like he, he, I mean, he's from the old school of not just, you know, he'll do, he doesn't really sacrifice storytelling even for his extra graphic type of artwork. So it's one of those things where he's, um, you know, he, the tools that he learned kind of never gave up when he um, became a pro. He still would be not trying to like deconstruct everything. So yeah, I mean, um, but you're going back to the question you asked me, repeat that again, just so I can make sure you were talking about the Wonder Woman cover or what was the other thing that you asked me? Infinity Gauntlet, I mean, the uh, Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis? What about Infinite Crisis? The cover, like with all the worlds in there. Oh, you're talking about, were you talking about this thing? The... Yeah. Oh, God. This one? This guy? With the worlds somewhere on the, where's the worlds? I'll put them where? It might, it might not be this one, man. Not this one. No, not that one. That's not it. Wait a second. So if that's the case, you want to talk about that. You have that. Bring it out. Let's see. Kick it open, baby. I just love some of his old, I mean, his Titan covers, you know. You know like this one? That's great. No, I'm talking about the, the one where you have, like, um, I, I think it's issue number one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're talking about this one. Yeah, that's it. Oh, man. Did that not get you? Well, imagine being on the, I didn't have, I didn't know that there was going to be a story. I just saw this on, in the comic stands and I was like, yeah. what is that? Exactly. You know, I, I don't remember anyone telling me, hey, grab this. I just saw it. And that's one of the things we used to always talk about, you know, why it was important to have the comics on the comic stand, because you're just walking by minding your own business. You're like, oh my goodness, what the hell is that? You know what I'm saying? 
and you're like, oh my goodness, that's that's just um, um, I'm just great. Um, I just his art was just so iconic and just so interesting. And like I said, his run on Titans, his run on Wonder Woman. I mean, let's not even talk about the what he did with um, he did some some good Avengers. I didn't follow Avengers as much, but uh, a Titan and, and and Wonder Woman guy. Uh, you know, some of the stories that he was in, involved in. It's just his runs are just fantastic as far as I'm concerned. You can't go you can't you can't go wrong if you read those early Titan um, comics and Crisis. You know, being involved in that was just amazing. But even after that, he had a lot of work that he did, right? I mean, it's not like he just automatically disappeared. He had covers that he worked on for a lot of um, comics. And some of them were just exquisite, just looking at them when you go back. Um, yeah. You know, I think um, it's one of the interesting things that, um, well, he his plan was always to do a lot more writing. But um, the projects that would come along, like, when he was doing Titans, he was supposed to take on a write something, but then he's like, hey, you guys don't have an artist for um, the Titans? He said, well, we thought that you would want to say, no, like, <laughs> I can I, I can do that. And he said, well, you know, <laughs> it's like, how many characters do you want in the book? He's like, I want all of them. So it's one of those things where you can see he would get like Wonder Woman, he was writing that, he tried to start writing um, um, Superman, but that was like a group thing, which he bowed out of. He was co-writing the Titans, but he kind of let Wolfman and and Tom Grummet kind of work together. And then you can see him try to you see him try to get back to that. But at the same time, it was um, the other projects that were coming up, and continuity is always hard to kind of do. To be like, hey, there's this three three year twenty years of continuity that you had to catch up on. Because Marvel did want him to write the Avengers, and he was like, "Well, no, there's too much to kind of figure out, and I don't have the time to do that." But if you get a writer, and that kind of got him back to it, and he, but he, I think he said he at that point, since he worked on a inking, he worked on a bunch of inking jobs in the '90s. You can um, Dan Jurgens, Teen Titans, and he was inking. Um, What's that thing? Oh, oh it was a, a Jurassic Park over Gil Kane. Oh, he was in Jurassic Park. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he inked the Jurassic Jurassic Park story, and since that was originally a a John Byrne thing, he inherited John Byrne's entertainment lawyer. So when they were doing the Avengers, Prez was like, you know, I'll do it for just. <laughs> You know, just for whatever page rate you want, just to show the fans I'll still do it. And his lawyer like, now wait a second. We, you know, we will just we built in your, you know, we'll figure your rate. We'll built in bonuses when you hit twelve issues. This, that, and the other. And it's like he said, I want, I wound up making a lot more money than I expected. <laughs> so, but I mean, ultimately, it's funny because you know they, they obviously he's, you know, was the nicest guy in comics. At the same time, he wasn't any less critical of comics. You know, he just was, since he was Perez, he was the nicest, he, he, it always sounded in the nicest way. So if he's criticizing swiping or uh, other artists, it'd always be like, well, how, how George said it would be the way it was. No one would take, um, you know, I mean, you know, when he was younger, obviously you had some different things pushed back and forth, but that sort of um, being able to, you know, criticize and people will be like, oh, you know, not really b build anything up to it. You know, be like, 
oh, we got to get into this long fight, the war between folks, that sort of thing. So, because that was the old language of comics, which kind of died out in um, the 80s when you started to read it in print and people would be like, such and such said that, such and such said this, that sort of thing. So, but yeah, when I was a kid, when you go in the store and you see something like this, and it's like the dream to say, would they all be in one comic? And obviously he wanted to do JLA Avengers back in the 80s. So it possibly could have had all of that in one comic. But um, I don't think you can see the pages, but it's interesting because back in the days he did the Avengers that were actually, there's some pencils from JLA Avengers. No, you can't see it, but he did some pages for that with the current Avengers, which was like She-Hulk, the Black Captain Marvel, the beasts and it was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and I always always pointed out when, you know, because um, the, the black cat that Marvel, when she's originally introduced, she's this, um, like she's just got a great figure. That's a, 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 done by John Romita Jr. and John Romita Sr. inking. So it's a gorgeous um, character. And then it kind of fell to the, to the it fell to the side as, um, as other artists, you know, she, you know, doing monthly comic books, it wouldn't be that big a thing. But then when you see artists like, um, artists like George Perez, Berno, or uh, what's that guy? Um, Mark Silvestri, they all would do, they go back to the original design where she, you know, she had, a, she was very shapely and it was just like, well, these guys are getting it right. And Perez, of course, with the extra so you pointed out some of the stuff that Perez is doing and like you want to see what prices these things are on this I'm saying this is just some of the covers that he worked on some of the, some of the significant oh. stuff you can see his whole history of some of the things that he worked on and, and also you know different titles over the years um, even some of the first uh, the debut of certain characters their, comment, their costumes this would be right here. This would be like the kind of the big moment in the in the Avengers run. It's kind of the Bride of Ultron period, and obviously Ant Man is back. But Ant Man is back because Prez likes drawing Ant Man. You know, I know it's a whole psychological thing, but, <laughs> but Neil Adams brought back Ant Man for no good reason to run around in Vision. And everyone likes every person who read Marvel comic books in the '60s, like you know, Neil, Byrne. Um, they all went back to doing Ant Man, who everyone says is not a popular character, but the the pro. Look at, that. Look at how he grows from the bottom. Yeah, it's a dynamic. It could be a dynamic character, but it's they already moved him on to being um, what was it, Yellow Jacket at this period. But yeah, classic. What is it? Yeah, here, here we go. We got showdown with Ultron. Oh, this is it's a, a, the brighter Ultron's coming next. Well, I mean, I think some of these were just he was just doing the the art for it, and um, yeah, this one's a cover. Yeah, just the cover because I bought that one. But yeah, I didn't know. Like I said, you see the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, the Defenders. He was doing some of that stuff. You know, um, very interesting. This this is a this part this portion storyline which he didn't stay on 
but it's one of the best in the in the seventies, where the Reed Richards loses his powers, and the Fantastic Four is trying to keep Reed in the team, but he keeps saying, "No, I can't do it," and he keeps having to come back to save him. It's a good period for Reed, who doesn't usually get the spotlight, but it's a it's a many artists, many writers storyline. It's really weird how they able to keep the storyline together. As you go down to some of his. Um... Oh, this is a funny one right here. Because Wolverine's a hairy, right? Uh-huh. If Cockman would draw him, his arms would be clean, right? Right. So I think um, I think Byrne and, and Terry Austin, they'll say, well, Wolverine must have like outfit like Robin, which is kind of like sleeves. And then Perez did this cover. And then I think Terry and Byrne looked at it and said, did, did no one tell George? That you know we don't see his arm hairs when, when he um, when he's got the costume on, and they like, "Well, if it's okay for that, then they went crazy, and they both of them just started adding more and more hair when you don't oh. see the costume on." But it's like, "Yep, since since it got approved, we can do what we want," and they could always point out, "Hey, look at that cover there." Just got through, right? <laughs> I think this one. No, I guess he did the he did the pence. He did the pencil. I'm not familiar with that cover at all. Man, Wolf. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's. Thing, Moon Knight. This is the cover here. Like, yeah, this is a Burner's drawing it, but he would. I think he would take over the Avengers a little while after this. And they, this is, you know, like this is another one. It's a great cover. That's a really good cover. Yeah, I think he took over this Project Pegasus storyline from Burn. Um, that's the thing. It's like you can't really say they were necessarily trading all books because, you know, old saying it, Prez would leave because he was a mainstay in Marvel too. Yeah. Like every book that Byrne was doing, he would then start doing it right after him. So, and Byrne wouldn't be on, Byrne wouldn't get the, you know, the Fantastic Four and Avengers till like, you know, a couple of years after Perez did it. So they were definitely, even though there was a little competition, they were definitely, you know, in Marvel, they, look at this, this is post-Burn run, he's doing the Avengers, so. He's doing an ants attack, once again, Ant-Man. Yep, Ant-Man's there, yep. Yeah, Ant-Man the, attack, and you see all the ants, he's writing it before you saw the ants. The, oh, the, the wings and everything crawling up, and there's so much going on in that. That's the one thing I loved about his, his uh, cover sometimes, they just had a lot of things going on, you know. I remember this comic below. If you go to Taskmaster, the Avengers, right after this one. I there we go, the Taskmaster. I had that one. I'm like, wow. I was like, yo, this character is crazy. It, he's a fun character. It never made sense that somehow he can copy all the Avengers. But they got what, Thor? And you got Iron Man? How do you copy? Exactly. exactly. How do you copy? <laughs> but, you know, it was just a fun character. character. He got the lasso. He got the shield. He got the arrow, you know. So yeah, it was pretty fun there. But if you scroll down to some of the um, the Teen Titan stuff. Oh no, this the thing is like this. Well, why isn't he drawing Green Lantern? Look at this cover. I know the cover is great. I know that everyone. This is the most hated storyline. Even Perez hates this storyline. But the cover is a, the art is still decent, and it's not as sharp as being inked by Terry Austin. But it's the art is pretty good in this issue. But look at how similar it is to New Teen Titans number one. Well, I think at this point, you have the big title in the middle and then you have the characters. It's a better framing, if you ask me. But 200 is it's just so much similarity between the two, if you ask me the way it was set up. 
but it's this is a great you have the robin the classic robin you have the um the raven you know uh back then this is what the colors were people were like oh my gosh look at the color but look at what was done he was uh he was kicking butt in this particular um show and it, it in this comic just went off the off the hizzy after that you know it was just people just got it got more and more popular as it went on i think the first one people didn't get it you know but as time went on they saw hey this is not bad at least when i was growing up you know people were like yo this is not bad and then the stories just got better well i think um what was it at that early part it doesn't when you look at it that's a hard thing when this book was coming out and if you're a fan of perez and you know it's just like this was, I had issue four, I think. And it was like the the Titans versus JLA. And it was real dynamic. And then I didn't have another one till, I don't know, it was way later. And I was like, where was this comic book? That's when they say you're Marvel zombies. Like what happened to this? Oh yeah, George Perez. This is like, the, but I, I started collecting maybe around the 20 period or 30, one of the two. No, I wasn't collecting. I was just buying and then throwing them away and stuff, or just hanging. Not throwing away. Just this wasn't paying attention to the value. You know, back then it was just another book, right? You just read it and then just put it to the side. Yeah, I mean, I mean like when I say collecting, I wasn't throwing them. Away. I mean, I wasn't collecting for money. I was yeah. just collecting so I could. Yeah, this is a book I had as a kid. I had this one out yeah, the stands, and um, I was like, "Oh no, it's a Titans book. That means Robin has to beat up Batman." But um, Batman, you know, gets the better in there of this thing. But yeah, so it was a, but this is a different period because if you look at this period, um, issue four, uh, that's issue four. I think issue two, one of the issues, Kurt Swan, I think Kurt Swan does this issue. One of the, I guess it doesn't say that, but one of these issues Kurt Swan does, and there was no difference in sales. You know, it wasn't like the, oh, this is a fill-in issue. No, everyone dumps it. Like, the book just was getting hotter and hotter as it went along. But then it's like, what the hell? Look at this, the Green Lantern. <laughs> Why isn't he doing a Green Lantern? It's that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, and I found out these, like, the other thing is the crime, the crime of the comic industry is that George Perez, George Perez is, a fan of the Legion, and he only did a Crisis Legion story, Crisis of, of, of the Legion of Three Worlds. And it's just like, I just want a classic uh, Legion story from Perez, since he said this was his favorite title as a kid. So, but they, we never really, we, we got him doing the, the Legion with, in, the, in the gorgeous book. So what more can you ask for? Yeah, I... Oh no, this one, I got this finally. Oh my goodness. Like this, this issue here, because it also has multiple artists on there. It's like this did not. This this definitely held up. It was great. Um, this one's saying when you look at this, you're like you don't think I don't think he could get better than this. Like this, the coloring was was not that great. I'm saying this to me. The four you can see at this point, he's starting to sh like Green Lantern is slimmer than Superman here. Whereas there's a, only a slight build difference between these two. Same with the Flash is slimmer than, like the builds all different. That's a thing. Even though Superman and and um, Martian Manhunter might have the same build, but Batman has a different build than the rest of them. So you like these how they move is all different. Like all the strengths here you could see, and it's just a gorgeous page. But then as you go along, you know um, these like what you were talking about the. 
sort of like these poster type pages, which are just yeah, he, I that one. nobody can beat him on that that type of stuff. I mean, you can see how he feels when he is in when he he realizes he's robotic. He's been made into a cyborg. You see that pain behind him. You have him in the front breaking the the chain, and then right behind you, you see the pain that he's suffering. And then you see the fighting in the back. You, you learn, you basically understand who the character is from this one cover. And I thought that was one of the best. I love the cover. You know, I love that cover. God, I wish I could remember where I put that thing. <laughs> so, you know, we, so, sorry. So we are definitely going to do some more on this. We have our other partner here because this is going to be an ongoing thing. As you see, we've done videos on George Perez and we're not going to stop. We're going to find different ways to bring them back to our show and talk about them. But um, definitely we'll do another one and, um, you know, we'll tell us your stories and we'll tell you more of our, our fan stuff about him, too. So yeah. one thing I do want to make remind the people, the whole the whole JLA, um, the whole Heroes Initiative, the whole JLA Avengers New edition of this book. Yeah. So, got to call it out. you know, beautiful, beautiful cover. Beautiful slipcover, right? Now they're selling these for like 700 bucks if it's sealed. Yeah. Go out and buy it, unseal it and open it and read it. Beautiful, beautiful with the art in there. So it's just amazing that, uh, you know, and you know, so rare because you don't have JLA, you don't have DC and Marvel work. And this guy worked in both DC and, and Marvel. And a lot of these comic book artists got, but, how often do you get these guys to do a, a comic with both DC and uh, Marvel? You know, he worked on the Avengers, so that's pretty good. And he did some covers for JLA. But I, I, always, I always wanted him to do the crossover, the Teen Titans with the X-Men. Like, they never did a number two to that. That would have been great. I, I would have been like it. Wasn't it, there was on, uh, it was on um, one of those observations where Perez said that because JLA Avengers didn't happen after that, it was supposed to be a part two to X-Men Titans. Okay. Where Marv and, and um, George do their version of them against the X-Men. And they had a whole plot line planned of the Brotherhood of Evil. Oh. And I, I don't know if it was Magneto, it could have been. I don't I just heard it, but I remember the Brotherhood of Evil were gonna be in there. So, but that's something they said that Prez wanted to do. But anyway. I have one last thing. Why do you think people consider his DC runs so much more celebrated than his Marvel runs? Um, I don't know if it's more celebrated. I think Teen Titans. I think the I think his the, his personality came out more. His personality is in like his sort of tone is in his early Avengers run, not as much in the later run with Kurt Busiek, that that's kind of it's it's a little different because I think he was you know working from a plot I think him his him being involved more in the plots and then writing with Wonder Woman just more of him in these those Titan stories and then the what's the name I think the Avengers for me still is as strong but you know ultimately it's it was sporadic it wasn't like a complete run where it was just like one to 50 it was kind of like three issues here fill in on those of early avengers stories another four or five issues the core story we've talked about a few times he started that he leaves 
you know, I think he had an injury or something like that. Same with the Fantastic Four. He had a decent early run. When he comes back, it's kind of spotty type of deal. So it's, uh, I think the consistency of the Titans and Wonder Woman and Infinity Gauntlet, because it's Infinity Gauntlet, that's the one that people usually think about with him. At one point, it was the Hulk future, but at this point, it's either Titans, Wonder Woman, or the Infinity Gauntlet. But you got two DC things, so I have to agree that people see him more as a DC guy. Yeah, Teen Titans, Wonder Woman, Infinity Gauntlet, three DC things. Then the Infinity Gauntlet is not DC. Sorry, Crisis, Infinite Crisis. Oh, the Crisis. It's up saying Infinite, the regular Crisis on Infinite Earths. I'm throwing it off, yeah. But hey, I don't want to mess it up anymore. I just want to say, yo, George Perez, man, definitely going to be a loss. Yes. Forever a Titan. Spinarak. Out.